What did we ever do before instant replay came about? I'll tell you what we did. We missed a lot of stuff. I'm at a ball game, and you know, I'm looking at my phone or looking at my snack or I'm drifting off somewhere else, and then an incredible play happens, and whoever's with me is usually one of my sons. They're like, did he see that, Dad? No, I didn't see it, but that's okay. I've got the instant replay. Instant replay's coming, and so we've come so conditioned to always, always know that we have the instant replay as a backup. When I was a little kid, I used to dream about a day. Could it ever be possible that you could watch your favorite television show whenever you wanted. You could automatically rewind the show. Like, like I seriously had these thoughts as a kid, not ever dreaming that today, you know, we have DVR and we have live recording, you know, all, at least at my, my television, you go, it can always run it back like an hour or whatever the case is. Pretty cool stuff. So we have the advantage of video recording devices and ways to revisit at least television. We can do that, or we can capture moments on, on, on tape. Last year, I was, I was coaching one of my son's basketball games, and this is going to shock you here in Hendersonville, the home of all of these great churches. This is really going to shock you. One of the parents got in a shouting match with the referee. <laughs> I mean, where was God in that moment? And so the referee and the parent are like, they're, they're like yelling at each other. It wasn't real professional, the referee. I mean, he, he stops the game and he's talking back and we're talking. I'm thinking, I'm going to have to break up a fight here. And I look to the left and to where the, the rest of the audience is. I kid you not, there were 40 phones filming these two guys. I mean, if something happened, it would have been on Channel 4 News that night. We can't get away with a whole lot. But some of the moments in life that we have when we don't have a recording device is we just, we think, did that really just happen? I mean, sometimes, like seeing, seeing a shooting star, I've seen several of those, and I'm like, Beth, was that a shooting star? Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Or you hope someone nearby can confirm what you saw. Because things that are amazing, whether it's wildlife that we see, you know, whether it's something I've already mentioned in the sky, whether it's a, a human feet that happens very fast, happens quickly. We have to get verification. So we ask our friends, hey, did that happen? Did you see that? What happened there? And, and this is kind of, I think, where we find the disciples in verse nine. And we, we already talked last week how Jesus, after he ascended from, uh, excuse me, after Jesus was resurrected from, uh, from the grave, he, he convinced people and he taught about the kingdom of God. Jesus is a rabbi and he never stops teaching us. But think about this. For his followers, it had been an incredible few days, almost like an unbelievable few days. First of all, he was executed. Then on the third day, he rose again. Then he gave these convincing evidences of his resurrection. Some we know from the scripture, some we won't know until we get to heaven. Then he did his primary work was to teach the word of God and to teach about the kingdom of God. And then, as we just read, and we'll look at here in a moment, um, he, he gives his commission and he like rockets up into heaven. He ascends into heaven. And that's, you know, even hard for us to imagine. We, we, we have some, some modern day parallels and, and things that we can imagine, but this is Jesus physically and visibly ascending into heaven. And, and so you get this sense that the disciples are just like, did that just happen? Like, did all of that just happen? I mean, 
He died. He, he's risen again. He taught us. He convinced us. He, now he's ascended into heaven. And they were just kind of stuck. And that's where we are today in, in verse 9. And you can see it on the screen. It says, after he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching. And a cloud took him up out of their sight. I'm going to ask you three questions today. And here's the first question. I don't have fill in the blanks right now. Because instead of writing one word, I believe you can write four words and a question mark. I believe in you. I believe in you so much that I bought you pens. Well, you actually bought pens for yourself with the money you donated. But you have pens available and a paper. So here we go. Here's the first question. The first question is this. What, do we, what have we seen? What have we seen? Because like I said at the beginning of this message, sometimes we, we have to, the, the most unbelievable things in life, we have to say, did that really happen? Like that was so great and so unbelievable are the word we use now. I remember this word. I never had heard this word until a movie came out and now I hear it every night on the news. It was surreal. And that surreal means it was like a, hypnotic kind of response. Like I'm in a dream world. I can't believe this is happening. And so the greatest things of life, we need verification. And so I want to ask you this. Have, have, what have we seen? Now, thank you, Sumner County School District, for creating this holiday at the beginning of October. We, we kind of have this holiday. Even for those of us who are going to work tomorrow, like we, we still feel the rhythm of the school district here in Sumner County, which means less traffic and more people who aren't at work. So there's just a different feel this week. And so you, you have a change of pace here. And I do want to encourage you to use this time to be people of reflection. Because a lot of times we don't know what we have seen because we don't do enough reflecting about what's happening around us. And I, I want to suggest to you that miracles are occurring all around us all the time, but it takes reflection and spiritual eyes to recognize the work of God. So we, we pray for you guys on a weekly basis at our, our staff meeting, or we call it the calendar meeting because not all of our staff can be there. And we have to remind each other often that the things we pray about, God actually came through. What happens is we feel this burden. And so like, hey, I'm really thinking about this person. Let's pray about them. And then things get better. And so the burden leaves. And when the burden leaves, sometimes God doesn't give the glory and credit because we just have moved on to the next problem. I think part of the glory of God in heaven, like we're gonna see God in the fullness of his glory, is when we're in heaven, our, our minds will be able to um, process all that he's done. And like, it's gonna be, I mean, we're gonna be overwhelmed with the glory of God for so many reasons, but one of them is we're gonna see that God has answered a whole lot of more prayer than we recognized during our time here. Because our finite minds just cannot see how, how great he is. So I, I want to encourage you to ask that question. What have I seen? What have I seen? And, and if the pace of your life is a little bit different this week, use it as a time of reflection. Because we need periodic times of reflection during our year. We need weekly times of reflection. That's part of what Sunday worship is about. It's part of observing a Sabbath. Um, really... We need the end of the day. You know, the wisdom that changed my life, and I've heard it from like five or six different sources, so I don't know who said it first. 
but you need an end of the day, an end of the week, and an end of the year. And this idea of when we reflect and we have perspective, then we can see Jesus at work. And this is what these early disciples, like they had a chance to see proof of his resurrection, spend time with him, be taught by him. And so they saw the miracles all around them. All right, here's the second question. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you, this is going to preach, okay? The second question, you're going to be like, ooh, this is good. This is going to preach. Where are we stuck? Where are we stuck? And I don't mean this is not an organizational sermon. I'm talking, so you can change it if it helps you. Where am I stuck? Where am I stuck? Look at verse, verse uh, 10 with me. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven. I mean, wouldn't you be gazing if you saw Jesus ascend to heaven? And it's like he disappears in the cloud and it's like, wow, whoa. What's going on? Is he coming back down? Let's wait a few minutes to see if he's come back down. Now, how did that happen? This is amazing. And now I'm sitting here as I've already kind of, kind of spoken, thinking about what just happened and these last few days, and I'm gazing in the sky. So this would be a natural reaction for any of us who had been around at that time. And then suddenly, two men in white clothes stood beside them, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Now, there's a quick little lesson on eschatology here, which is the study of the end times, that Jesus is returning, according to the scripture, and it's going to be physical and it's going to be visible. We can all agree upon that. When it's going to happen and how Russia's evolved and Iran's evolved, I don't know about that, but the Lord knows about that. We just know that he's coming physically. He's coming visible. And we will see him and the world will see him. So these angels kind of jolted this crew. Like they were like looking and they were gazing into heaven. And it's like, I can't even look away because what happened is so amazing. And the angel said, hey, why are you looking here? He's going to come back. He's going to come back, and it's, you're going to see it the same way he ascended. He's going to come back. It's going to be visible. It's going to be physical. And then we know from other scriptures, uh, even from earlier in chapter 1, that don't worry about the times. Don't worry about when it's going to happen. Just know it's going to happen. So I want to talk to you about that word gazing. And, and I, I want to talk to two types of people here today. And, and the first one first type of people I want to talk to, it's not directly related to the emotions of what the disciples were going through, but it's something they had gone through a few days earlier, and it's certainly something you and I have gone through too. It's when we feel stuck emotionally, and we feel stuck by a negative occurrence in our life, a wound in our life, or a trauma in our life. And I just want to acknowledge that today. Charles Dickens, in his, his novel, Great Expectations, one of the main characters, she was getting ready to be married. And at 8.40 a.m., she received a letter from her groom who called off the wedding and decided not to come. And so she stopped all the clocks at 8.40 a.m. All the clocks in the house were stopped at that time. And she kept her wedding dress on and... She grew old 
and the dress went from white to yellow and everything in the house stood still. It's a powerful story. It's a powerful story to even retell. Some of you are being reminded of it. Some of you are discovering that. Sometimes fiction can be more powerful than nonfiction because fiction can help us like relate our emotions to a story and it feels less personal, but it feels more personal, less personal for the, the character, but more personal for us. And it's like we all have been like that bride at some point. Some point something's happened to us that it feels like time has stood still. And guys, there's no way that just in a short portion of this short sermon, I could adequately like solve that problem for you at all. I just want you to know that welcome to humanity, that like we're all brothers and sisters who have those moments in our life where it feels like things will never be the same from that moment. And here's what the Lord's wanting us to say today. He's just saying, take that step towards me. Take the step towards me. You can't solve every problem. You can't solve every issue, but you don't have to stay stuck. And so for for those of you who feel stuck in a traumatic experience in your life, I just think the gospel tells you that there is hope to move forward. There is hope to take that next step. In this life, you may not ever forget that incident. In this life, it's hard to eradicate that memory. But we know this is that as, as Pastor Aubrey led us in that song today, it's a song I had never heard until the first service. And I just felt like it was just a prophetic song. I, mean, I know it was a professional song and we saw the writers who wrote it, but for this moment, for this day, I just felt like God was calling some of you like, I'm not finished with you yet. I'm not finished with you yet. And the Lord was just saying that because like we want to we want to, we, we, we want to write a story that God hasn't written. And part of that story is our perfectionism makes us think that, that because we didn't get everything exactly like we wanted to and anticipated that God's done with us, but that's not God's story for you. Like he is still working. And I was just standing there, even this, this service at 1045, and those words, I'm not finished with you yet. And as that was sung, I just felt God stirring me, stirring the people who were near me, that isn't it great to know that we have this God who keeps, keeps going after our hearts and keeps working on us, no matter what age you are, whether you're 14 or 84, he's not done with you yet. No mistake is fatal. No mistake is final. As long as you are breathing on this earth, he's still working. And so if you're gazing like the disciples, you're gazing at something amazing at that, at, at that place that, that you feel like you stopped. Now, a more, a more direct application of this would be for another category of us. And truthfully, we've all been both categories. Here's the other category. It's when we've had something positive in our past, a lot of times something positive spiritually, and we're not able to move past it. That's kind of what the disciples were dealing with right there. They're gazing into heaven like, that's awesome. That's incredible. Look what Jesus did. I mean, wow, he's up there in the cloud somewhere. And the angel said, hey, why are you gazing into heaven? He's coming back again, and there's things that he wants you to do now. And I want to speak to some of us about this. Some of you are paralyzed by something positive that happened to you spiritually in the past. Isn't that weird to say that? 
I, I, I love hearing your stories. And if I ever get to go to coffee with you or have lunch with you and we're getting to know each other, often I start out like this, you know, I'll, I'll say, Rick, tell me your life story. Start with I was born. You have to listen to me 30 minutes a week. So now I'm trying to make it 22 minutes, but you have to listen to me 26-ish minutes a week. Now, you, now I get to listen to you. I just eliminated about 20 coffees and lunches right then. People are like, I don't want to talk about my life. But this story, when, when, we, when we tell our stories, we, we, know, we know our hearts and we discover what each other's hearts are. And so often people, as they tell their stories, I love hearing their past. But when the past becomes a broken record, and I, and I say this with love because this has been me before, and I'm so enamored with something positive that happened to me in my past, I can't see the work of God today. Because I'm not sitting there pointing my fingers at you guys like, I can't believe y'all do this because I struggle with this. I'm a very sentimental person, so I like things from my past. I had a really great senior year of high school, and somewhere early in my 20s, I was close to being high school hairy. I was like, hey, let's get the whole gang back together and go back to homecoming. You know, wasn't high school great? Thank God I was delivered from that, right? Because you got to move on. And so I, I know what it's like when, when you've had a positive experience and you want, to, you, you, you want to talk about that, and that's good. That's part of us telling our stories. But when, when there's nothing new to talk about, you're missing out on what God has for you today. We have to move into today. Even if our today is more difficult than our past. Even if our today is less exhilarating than our past. Even if today is not what you expected. Today is your land of opportunity. Yesterday is great to remember, but yesterday is not where we gaze. Yesterday is a place we may reminisce about but yesterday is not a place to live. And I want you to hear this. Yesterday is never coming back. That may hurt a little bit to hear that, but maybe I'm like one of those angels. I'm not dressed in white, I'm dressed in plaid. But, and, and anyway, I'll move on. But uh, <laughs> all kinds of jokes are going way bad directions there. But maybe I'm like those angels who, who, who you need to hear that today. You need to hear it say, yesterday's not coming back. And you say, that's sad. And it's okay to be sad about that. Sometimes we just need to have a good cry over something that's been lost. I, I cry all the time about dumb things. And my family like, what are you crying about, Dad? It's like, none of your business. Shut up, you know. <laughs> I'm really crying over them because they're growing up and it's making me sad. It's making me sad. So I'm a big cry baby. But sometimes a good cry gets it out of our system so we can move on. We can't mourn over some things forever. I know some things, there's a mourning that will always be with us. So I'm not trying to give a simplistic kind of like, quit being sad. We can't control that sometimes. But, but I'm saying that God is going to help us move in today, even if today's not as good as yesterday in our own minds. Because I believe that the land of today, I know is a place where God wants you and there's good, right, around you. It's not about your future. I mean, we love talking about our future so much. I could give all kinds of sermons about dreams and futures, but you know what? It's made us a bunch of dissatisfied people who don't appreciate today. Some of you, 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 you feel like things are not moving in your life 
And you're like, man, there's not speed, there's not energy, there's not change that, that I'm accustomed to and that I enjoy because some of us like change and we like speed. I know not all of us are there, but some of us are. And maybe God is saying, I'm finally having you put down your roots. You're not moving, and that's not a bad thing. Things are moving slowly, not with speed. And that's actually a good thing because now the Lord said, I can put down the root so you can have the fruit that really, really makes a difference and the fruit that I really want to see in your life. Our addiction to adventure causes us to be flighty and unreliable people. And there's enough adventure being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit may be calling you, establishing you. You're a pillar in the house of God. It's your turn to be the person others rely on. You can't just, you know, just always ride the wave of momentum other saints have created. Now it's your day, it's your time, it's your turn. You be the faithful one, you be the consistent one, you be the pillar, you be the one that can be depended upon. And it's not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit, what he's doing in your life. Here's the last question I wanna ask as our musicians are making their way up. How are we united? Verse 12 says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. Sabbath day's journey away. And when they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. And then it lists the 11 because, because we know that Judas had, was no longer with the 12. And verse 14, And they all were continually united in prayer along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Look at that phrase, verse 14. They were united in prayer. United in prayer. This is, this is the call. How are we united? You see, human beings, we unite over common interest. So you Steeler fans out there, you get your ugly yellow towels and you unite that way. <laughs> so glad God's not blessing your team this year. As I see the Barkuses over here. All right, they're, they're faithful friends. We, we bond over, like, I like Mexican food. Mexican food people, let's go eat, let's go out to lunch. All those other people are missing out. We bond over sound. That's a real way we bond, like, we, we, a real way we bond. And so, CIL, we, we have a sound. And if, if you like country music, you bond with country music fans. If you, you like alternative music, you bond that way. So there's all these different ways that we can bond. We bond by generations, and we know that, you know, these days we study generations at nauseum. There's more information on generations than you could even imagine right now. There's all these different ways we bond. But as God's people, uh, I know he's calling us to bond more in prayer. And, and I'm just saying this is not happening enough. Like, we need more prayer. We need more prayer. And it's an invitation, okay? It's not like, it's like let's be creative with this. Like, let's creatively pray more. My wife, Beth, led our worship team for, for many years, and we were always conscious of our worship team's time because, guys, this great music you experience doesn't happen accidentally. These are not paid musicians. These are guys and gals. They, they work in lawn care. They're teachers. They're, um, you know, they're, they're working construction. I mean, these, these men and women, and they, they practice the music, and they gather. And they, they come at night, and... and when Beth was leading this, it was late at night. It was like 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights, and they would practice till, up till 10 o'clock. 
and then come early on Sunday morning. And so we were always like, how can we help them? How can we help them? We know that they're busy. Well, there came an era a few years ago where they kept coming back later. And Beth got, she kept coming home like 10, 15, 10, 20, 10, 30. I'm like, what's going on? You guys are practicing long. She said, Aaron, we, 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 we now at the end of practice, we start to pray. We've been praying. We've been opening up with each other. We've been sharing our needs with each other. We've been praying together. And Pastor Aubrey has continued, uh, continued that in our worship team. So the very thing that, that we, we thought, well, people don't have time for was the very thing that they were desperate for. As God has, has helped me define our future as a church over the next 10 years, and we're in the first year of this, one of the things he's called us to, to, to have is a culture of prayer. We're like, we just keep including prayer. We keep including prayer. We have some great retired people who pray every Thursday at 9.30 a.m. They'd love for you to join them. We have some other people who pray before each service. We would love for you to join them. But I know some of you work and you can't come and childcare and all that. So I'm just saying, like, create times to pray where you can, when you can. So like our 242 groups, let's try to just maybe give five more minutes to prayer than we've given in the past. Maybe split up the guys and the girls for a few more minutes. You know, cut, cut down on one more you know, five more minutes of, of, of finger foods and just a little bit more of prayer. I'm not saying change everything, but I'm saying, like, let's have a culture of prayer. And so we are united in prayer because, you know, what I don't hear a lot of, I don't hear a lot of, and this is me too, I don't hear a lot of, like, well, you know, I'm, I'm changing, we're, we're changing 242 groups because we've been praying with our group about it and God's sending us out. Th- those type of conversations don't have or, you know, me and my teenager have been, have been praying about this and, and, and we don't feel like God's leading us to, to go on the mission trip. It's usually, no, Johnny's not going to the mission trip, so we're not going to go either now. It's like, well, where's prayer in all this? Like, let's be united. In pr- let's not be, just be united by the stuff that unites everybody else. Because if that's the case, then we're no different than the sports fans or music fans or culture fans or food fans. We're people of prayer. And like, I, I'm just saying, I'm just calling us just to lean back into it one more time. You know, lean back into opportunities for prayer. Let me tell you real quick about an opportunity for prayer that just popped up. And I just want to let you know about this. Our, our governor, Bill Lee, uh, he signed a day of prayer and fasting that's coming up this Thursday. It just happened real fast. We didn't have a lot of time to promote this, but thank God for leadership who, um, who wants to pray. So we have the Day of Atonement on Wednesday and the Tennessee 1010 prayer day on Thursday and so there's opportunities to pray it's going to be a meeting at municipal auditorium I'm not able to go I'm not going so I don't really like to promote things I'm not going to but um, the pastors who are organizing this are friends of mine and people that can be trusted and I commend uh, Governor Lee on on using his platform to, to call us call us to prayer let's stand together and let's let's invite the Holy Spirit to to come and while we're doing that, would you begin to pray for the area around you? Uh, the area around you uh, for next Sunday's 9 a.m. service. Just begin to pray for people who are going to sit on the row you're going to sit, or maybe it's the row before you. Maybe there's some empty seats in front of you. And we just pray that those would be filled with people with an encounter. They would have an encounter with God. Pray for next Sunday's. Right now, let's pray for next Sunday's 9 a.m. service because they prayed for you. For this service, God, we just thank you, Lord, that the people that will be in the chairs in front of us, behind us, around us, in the section we're sitting in, we pray, oh God, we pray, oh Lord, that they would have an encounter with the living God.
that, Lord, they would know that God is real. Lord, we pray for the conviction of sin. We pray for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray, Lord, for your word to divide the right and the wrong in their life, God. Lord, we pray for a shaking of that which needs to be shaken in their life. Lord, next Sunday at the 9 a.m. service, we pray it wouldn't be business as usual, but God, the fire of heaven would come and cleanse everything that doesn't belong so that more love and more power and more of Jesus will be in our brothers and sisters. Lord, we just believe there is not an ordinary call. There is not a business as usual call for CIL, but Lord, you have called this church, Lord, to be a place where your glory descends. Lord, a gateway to heaven, a connecting point between that which is natural and supernatural, a connecting point between that is of the world and that is of divine. So Lord, we call upon heaven because we know, Lord, it's not through the persuasive power of man. It's not through great music. It's not through great preaching and oratory. God, it's not through, Lord, marketing, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. So Jesus, do what we cannot do. And Lord, we pray, Lord, for a revival that starts at CIL, a revival that starts in our hearts. And Lord, we believe that you can do it. And Lord, do it for our friends who are coming. And so we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to be a house of prayer, not a house of entertainment. Lord, we have called, you've called us to be Jesus people, not people that follows after a man or a woman, God. You have called us, Lord, to be passionate about the word of God and the truth of God and the spirit of God. So Lord, we pray that everything else that would pollute and become idols among us, Lord, would fall before the presence of the living God. Yes. So we thank you and we praise you for that. Thank you for the stirring of that.